we've all seen the layoffs, which I'm sure we'll get into. But there's there's absolutely an underlying issue with demand outstripping supply. And there's going to be two things that make that even worse in the next few years. So the freelance economy and freelance recruitment has always been very big. But I think what's been interesting is how that's come into uh, digital media and marketing. I still think the main reason that jobs don't get filled, assuming the brief is you know, within scope, it's actually the interview process where so many companies fall, fall down. So I think a good interview process goes a really long way. Hello and welcome to The AdPod. Today I'm joined by Ed Steer, the founder and CEO of Sphere Digital Recruitment, and we're going to be discussing the digital advertising job market. It's fair to say the job market has been up and down in the past couple of years, and there's still a lot of uncertainty about the future of it. In today's episode, we discuss that. We also discuss the outlook of the ad industry, how hiring processes are changing, and Ed provides tons of unique insight on how to stand out on both the candidate and employer side. This was a really great conversation and one that I know you'll find valuable regardless of your current employment situation. Anyway, all that leads me to say is, I hope you enjoy this episode of The AdPod. Hey Ed, welcome to The AdPod. How's it going? Thanks, Wayne. Yeah, really good, thank you. Can't quite believe we're nearly halfway through the year. I'm not sure when this goes out from an editing point of view, but yeah, kind of fully into Q3 mode now, which is pretty, pretty crazy. I know. I always find like the tip from June to July, that's the, you're like, oh God, we're coming towards like the latter half of the year. But yeah, here we here we are. Uh, <laughs> interesting yeah, year. So, 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 yeah, sailing through the summer and brighter times ahead is the theme for the theme for, the theme for H2. Well, let's hope so. Well, I'm sure we'll get into that shortly. But uh, before we do, um, for those who don't know you, do you mind give us a quick intro to your career and then what you do now? Yeah, sure. So my name's Ed. I'm the founder of a, a staffing firm called Sphere. Um, Sphere have been around for 11 years. Um, I think proud moment last year, we were voted um, the best um, business to work for in the UK, small business. That was across every sector, so agnostic to recruitment. Um, we were also voted the best recruitment company of any size to work for in the UK and I picked up best CEO of a small company so uh, that was a best company so you know real seal of approval. thanks very much um, a real seal of approval for the uh, for, for the business um, in terms of what Sphere do we, we we work with three types of customers broadly speaking we work with agencies of all shapes and sizes um, technology vendors but particularly within ad tech and martech and then client side, um, and to keep things simple, I'll include media owners and publishers in client side, um, for, <laughs> from a marketing point of view at least. Um, and then we fill roles within um, sales, customer success, digital marketing across all, all you know all, all performance channels, and then social um, content and B two B product and data. Um, and our customers range from um, kind of pre Series A, very early stage organisations, right through to big big global brands like TikTok and and uh, and, and, and Meta. Um, we also opened in the US last year. So we um, cover all of North America from our US office. Um, and then from our London office, we work across the UK and Europe. Awesome. So the perfect person to be talking to about the digital job market. Um, yeah, I'll give him to... my best. I'll give him my best <laughs> shot. Yeah. <laughs> excited to get into that. Um, but the, one of the questions we're asking guests this year, just so our listeners get to know them a bit better, is... 
something a bit different than about them that might uh, everyone might not know. So do you have like an interesting fact about yourself? Well, I'm not a very interesting person because I spend way too much time working. Um, I'm either, wor- <laughs> either working or with my wife and children, so things which um, which are of significant interest to me. But, um, but yeah, outside that, I think a fun a fun fact about me and Sphere is always that our our non-exec director um, in sold a recruitment company in the late '90s, and then he went on um, to buy a zoo and theme park. Um, so, um, and the reason he's my non-exec director is um, I, I met his daughter when I was much younger and married her, so he had a bit of an invested interest in me. So, in in my family, I guess um, is is a, is is a zoo and theme parks as well as recruitment. I have a really significant knowledge of the the zoological world, um, and obviously, yeah, quite 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 a random business to own, but yeah, very very cool. Love it, love it. Um... We also like to start the app pot with def- with definitions, just so that everyone's on the same page. Um, and kind of the topic of this is the digital job market. What types of roles exist within that market? Um, I think across the digital job market, we uh, and I can only reference the ones that, that, that Sphere work with. So how we categorise roles, I would look at digital marketing, and we split that out agency and client side. So I think there are some nuances, and I think within digital marketing. Within the agency world, we'd look at planning, strategy and comms and then the performance marketing sectors so paid search, paid social um, and, and, and programmatic. And then the organic channels like SEO. Um, we've seen content, social media, influencer marketing and digital PR all become very, very convergent. Um, and then naturally those roles are all hired for client side across digital marketing. Um, we then look at data. So data for the areas that we focus on are um, all marketing analytics. So web analysts, marketing analysts, digital analysts, um, data scientists. When you get into kind of data engineering and tech, whilst that's very much part of the digital job market from a developer point of view, that's not our bag. So I'll kind of stick to the areas that we have the have the data on, so to speak. Um, and we look at those data hires again across client side, tech vendor and and um, and agencies. Um, product, so for us product, we split into B2B products and D2C products. Um, so yeah, B2B products being people who are building products um, across um, agencies and publishers and tech vendors, which are used in the B2B environment and D2C products being direct consumer products for, I don't know, uh, very app-based or, or, or D2C-based um, kind of consumer tech businesses. Um, and then we are heavily involved with tech sales um, and customer success. Customer success for us is account management, pre-sales, post-sales, onboarding, implementation consultants. I think we'll be able to give a really good overview of the hiring landscape within direct-to-consumer agencies and tech vendors across marketing, product, data, and uh, sales and customer success. So so the good news is there's a good breadth of sort of, you know, um, jobs out there and um, depending on different skill sets. Um, How do you think that's changing from a sort of FTE basis versus sort of freelance and contractors and I fractionals read, a new word that everyone's dropping it's always a new word Ed. this was a new word but i, I always <laughs> hear, i always say about the gig economy and how uh, employers are now looking at sort of like freelance particularly in this sort of remote working world are you are you seeing that play out much like is it much of a change from the you know, full-time staff to sort of more sort of freelance approach yes i think that typically within so digital is very broad and Sphere is very centered around digital, but the media and marketing side of it. So I think there's always been a very strong freelance market for product uh, for project based work. So UX, UI, digital design, copyright. If you think about we need someone to come in and deliver on a project, 
and freelance can range from a day to you know ongoing freelancer within the same organization year over year so the freelance economy and freelance recruitment has always been very big but i think what's been interesting is how that's come into uh digital media and marketing so we see a huge demand for freelance talent in activation roles so if you think about campaign based work so paid social paid search crm um content copy programmatic trading so we've seen a real kind of increase in demand for talent within those um kind of activation led channels within digital marketing i think contract work lends itself really well to to those channels um what's been interesting is we are then seeing um fixed term and fixed term contracts have always existed but usually for something like maternity or paternity cover um or uh, companies not being able to get signed off for a permanent employee but they can get signed off for a fixed term employee so um so yeah we, we do then see more senior roles um on a on a fractional or contract basis within now planning strategy um as well and then, and then fixed term fixed term contracts um yeah but they're usually there for kind of things like maternity or fraternity mm -hmm. club but what, what you'll see in a, in a, in a downturning market um, and we have seen this is that contract rebounds much faster so Going back to 12 months ago, our contract book, as we call it, the amount of contractors we've got working for us, um, did take a hit. And that's absolutely been across the recruitment sector. So we moved away from media. But that's a trend we've noticed across most industries. Um, but contract always comes back first because organisations might not be able to get sign off for an FTE, but they can usually then sneak through a contractor, not as headcount, because contractors are usually you know you're paying a limited company whether that's via a recruitment company or paying an individual you're paying usually a limited company so yeah we, we're absolutely seeing um demand come back thick and fast for contractors um and i think that's a normal sign of a of a returning market which is which is good to see um and then yeah that's for two but largely that's for the reasons that i've mentioned easier to get sign off um for a contractor and or a fixed term and or a fixed term contract than a, than a full-time employee and i think there's then the candidate demand. So I think lots of people want to become part of the gig economy and kind of full time contractors. And there's also lots of out of work people, more out of work people at the moment who would consider a contract versus a fixed term contract, which is what they what they may may want. Yeah, I, thanks. I, I find it really interesting. As you say, it's kind of easier to stop a contract and to stop a full time employer uh, employee. But it's also um, has benefits because it's quicker to get them than it would be to get a quicker a full-time employee so pros and cons it's, I found it interesting actually so you said that in a downturn contractors are the ones where sort of take a hit you find that they don't really get utilized as much versus say you know, full-time employees as a stay there it really depends on the company but what you'd often see and 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 hope and businesses do is differently it depends on you know um each organization is running its own race, I guess. But uh, if companies are trying to save costs, the first thing they can do is probably freeze permanent hires. So you'd see permanent hires go on freeze is usually step one in the cost cutting exercise. And then the second thing is um, contractors because they're really expensive to hire. You know, our margin on contractors is really good. And most companies are aware that contractors are expensive for them to hire, but, but also play an incredibly important role in their business. Um, as well so yeah you'd usually see perm highs go on freeze and then they'd start to cut back on contractors but simultaneously contract highs come back fastest so over the course of the last month we've seen our contract book grow by 25 percent and 
um, the nature of contract recruitment is we might get a call today saying we need a contractor to do three months starting tomorrow and there might not even be an interview process we might say okay because we have great trust where we're working with ongoing contractors you need a someone who's used these tools who can activate these campaigns within this budget you know and joe blogs is with that company the next day cool uh, so i mean it it sounds like the the skills required are getting broader there are more channels more specialisms the ways of working they're moving from just full-time employees to different contract lengths and different arrangements there's sort of more options than ever really um but but one of the things that i read is there's this sort of and i, I know we see this as well to be in our hiring is like a digital skills gap that you know companies are trying to hire these talented individuals they kind of don't exist um yes. do, you th- do you think demand's outstripping supply or is that sort of a misnomer it's a really interesting question. I think that the issue, the underlying issue of demand outstripping supply will return. The reason why that's a bit masked at the moment is that companies are being very, very, very cautious. We've all seen the layoffs, which I'm sure we'll get into. But there's there's absolutely an underlying issue with demand outstripping supply. And there's going to be two things that make that even worse in the next few years. During COVID, nobody hired graduates because it was COVID initially and there was a big shock and lots of people left the industry Um, particularly from agencies and um, you know yeah particularly from agencies Um, so that was a shock and that's why that's one of the reasons there was such a huge spike in hiring the other the other side of covid and then the same things happened over the last 12 months very much less hiring of future talent um, and lots of people leaving the industry because of layoffs who decide to do something different so when companies stop taking in future talent you really feel that in two years' time. So that 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 skill shortage is going to be even harder. And and where it bites is always the same place. It's people who don't need training because they've got, let's say, clients brief us usually on two years. I'd argue that if you've sat in a DSP for a year, you should know how to use it. But um, but um, yeah, two years to five years experience, and broadly speaking, this is very general. If a digital marketer or data or product really good on the tools um, and really good with clients or really good internally and then for salespeople, great contacts and understand the products so that two to five years is always where where we see a pinch um, so that underlying skills gap is still very much there and then the pace of which the market moves in terms of learning new technologies lots of companies like to hire people who just do one channel other companies like to hire people who understand multiple channels. So that also creates a bit of a challenge. But it's very hard to find someone who's had exposure to, as an example, paid search, paid social, influencer, programmatic, you know, in, in, in one sitting. You tend to find those people in smaller businesses where they get more exposure. Um, but, but people tend to then become more specialists as they go through that one to five years experience. And then when they get into a more senior job, you get you get that kind of broader range of skills coming back again. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely see that as well. People start in an area and then they expand out. And it's interesting if there's this you know high demand, lack of supply, particularly for that sort of two to five years, and there aren't there isn't much of that coming through because the reason she said that just means the cost of the candidate goes up. So I, I see this and this comes up a lot. People go, I can't believe a programmatic trader with two years' experience is gonna get paid this. You're yeah. like, well. That's just supply and demand. That's just how the market works, right? Like, and then if you're the the hiring manager or the direct manager, 
you've got to be aware of that. You've got to sort of, I guess you've just got to stomach it. Well, I mean, what can you do? Yeah, I mean, we so yeah, and, and we talk about America's uh, salaries are even, even, you know, even, but it's all relative, I guess. But um, we always say there's two routes you can go down: hire a junior and train them. So I would really advocate for can you can can you train? How long does it take to find the right person? Let them see out their notice period, and then the cost the cost to hire is really expensive. So we would always say, can you can you hire a junior person? Can you look at someone who's got an internship in marketing or you know yes yeah, so we'd always say can 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 you hire a junior and if you can't you've really got to do two things one be in line with the market from a salary point of view but the other thing that companies or some get wrong some get right is it's not just about salary it's a lot about interview process if you've got a banging interview process which is quick simple obviously need to make sure they're good but quick simple and exposure to senior people um that, that 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 goes a long way too. So I still think the main reason that jobs don't get filled, assuming the brief is, you know, within scope, it's actually the interview process where so many companies fall fall down. So I think a good interview process goes a really long way. Yeah, that's definitely good advice. And we all know the companies which don't have good interview processes. <laughs> yes, and, we do. Yeah. And what round are you on? On round ten. How is there <laughs> ten rounds of this round? Oh no. Well, it, it's a, if you are a some companies can get away with that because we see this all the time. They're such a they're so alluring and their salaries and their benefits packages are so good that even if they come back when someone's two weeks into a new job, people just say yes. Um, so it's almost like they can interview however the hell they want because ultimately if they decide to hire someone, that person will say yes. But yeah, if you're not one of those organizations, don't interview like that because you'll simply never hire anybody. Yeah, yeah. Um did want to touch on this. I did, I'm going to ask about asking this question, but I thought talking about the job market, I couldn't really avoid it. Um, we've obviously, you know, particularly the last year or so, we're coming out of the pandemic in quite a lot of industry layoffs. So, I mean, from all sides, like yes, it's not really isolated to just one side or another. So how has that kind of impacted the job market from, I mean, on the candidate side, as well as the employer side? I think it's been really tough and it's first of all first of all it's been on a human level on a human level really really crap to see and we see still today people who aren't working who this time last year uh would have been able to move jobs to literally a list of 100 organizations who have offered them big pay bumps so i think we need to figure out how to make sure that doesn't happen again um from a from an overhiring point of view and 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 um and also holding on to people through the tougher times because the daft thing is that uh, companies make lots of layoffs and then they end up rehiring again pretty quickly. So just some probably a longer lens with your budgeting as well. But anyway, businesses have to make their own decisions, I guess. Um, How has it affected the hiring landscape? Well, first of all, outside of that market that we just spoke about, which is about kind of two to five years experience, I still think people within activation roles sales roles two to five years experience i still think the market hasn't really changed them i think there's been demand for them throughout i don't think that's that's moved too much um but outside of that uh, i guess so when you get into really a more senior level and also people entering the job market it's been tough because there's basically been lots more people on the market lots more people on the market who are really high quality and far less hiring happening so just from a pure supply and demand point of view that's been really challenging so as a candidate looking for a job i think that's meant um it must have been really really tough there's so many applications um 
for open roles and there's so much so much good competition for them and then from a company point of view i think companies have if companies have been hiring and they've been hiring and not try to take the piss and what i mean by that is thinking can we pay less can we tick all the boxes that we wouldn't yeah. usually tick because there's an abundance of talent yeah. i think they've probably continued and done a good job but what, what we've really seen a lot of organizations do is get really confused with hiring for those two reasons i think there's been so many applications they've almost made it this crusade to get the absolute perfect person who ticks every box and then um lots of offering at less than market rate because people feel like they can and um yeah just lots of inertia so it's been so the, the the abundance of candidates has actually led to hiring processes being really 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 messy and loads of stories which we've experienced firsthand and and we'll hear candidates of of, 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 of behavior that wouldn't normally take place retracted offers reduced offers um and yeah just this pursuit of some kind of perfection which which, which probably doesn't exist yeah I do, I do find that sort of what's the best way like how the approach changes and the employer almost becomes more controlling I just think on like a on a human level that like you mentioned at the start like trying to find a job in these times if you're trying to support kids mortgage whatever it might be you know it's tough I think people have to realize that on both sides as opposed to one side sort of leveraging that to their advantage through I don't know like complicated processes or not feeding back on time I, I hear this all the time people are going for roles really well respected people who are the high quality the recruit the um the hiring manager at the company just won't feed back for like two oh, yeah. three, I mean, four it's, weeks it's, it's just terrible it's crazy it puts us in such a hard position you know we uh, recruiters recruiters get a bad rep and and on many occasions, rightly so. But the really hard thing for us is we are fundamentally middle people, so we can only give feedback that's given to us. So, and it's deeply frustrating for our team. We have amazing meetings, we take a brilliant briefing, we agree the remit of the search, we go away and work for a week, fundamentally for free, and then send over resumes, CVs, and and there's no there's no news for two weeks. And people have you know very senior people having final stage interviews, having gone through five, six, seven, eight, nine interviews for no feedback. So yeah, the the behaviour's been tough. I think what we try to do uh, sphere really pride ourselves on being really easy to deal with and empathetic is basic but put, put ourselves in our clients shoes and what we know is that businesses are under real pressure so the hiring manager who's not getting back to us might be worried about their own job you know you just yeah you, you, you ju it, it's just been a really challenging period yeah it has been a very tough period and uh, so does this period end ed i'm looking for you for the, yeah, the optimism like, everything <laughs> everything comes to an end and we can see those dials starting to shift so our journey we're really so um q uh can last year can's a good frame of reference it was last week can last year we knew that we were in for a tough time the the, the general feedback was uh you know the world actually inflation war in ukraine you know, there are lots of factors at play that we're going to make business conditions tougher um, and that played out so we, we we saw the layoffs and we saw the hiring freezes um and 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 although it's not been you know it's been everywhere so it's been across agencies across direct consumer businesses across technology vendors during that period some organizations in each of those sectors has been growing whilst others aren't and then that's flipped on its head so it's there's been the consistent themes are less more layoffs less hiring more caution you know 
for VC backed funding for VC backed companies focus on profit. It's harder to harder to raise money and more expensive when you do. So you know, there's been a there's been a drive towards profit and cost cost saving. And headcount is always going to come into that, and so is marketing spend. So, you know, it's um, it's 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 the way. A double whammy, a double, double whammy of the ad industry. It's a double whammy of the ad industry. Exactly that. Yeah, um, but from a hiring point of view, by the way, it's, it it transcends. Um, it really is, and you know, we've got lots of relationships with recruitment companies across many sectors, and that has been 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 kind of everywhere. Um, but it comes back again, and 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 hiring certainly is, and interestingly. The dials that we watch are the agencies. The agencies are always the first to stop hiring because they um, are responding to client spend and they're the first to come back. And in the last month, so the month of well, May and June, we've seen a huge surge in hiring across the big network agencies. And for us, that's significant with my sphere hat on because they're very important customers to us. Um, uh, but yeah, the big network agencies have been hiring since the turn of the year, but they're now feeling the pinch by not by not working with their recruitment partners and that's really starting to change so we're starting to see the agencies hire at the level they were hiring at in a normal market so that's a really great sign and um, I would expect that that's because they think their customers are going to spend in the second half of the year and then as soon as the money starts coming through the pipes everyone everyone starts to benefit that's great and you, you sort of mentioned that in the um, in the good times, there's some overhiring, and there's um, you know you just hire. Do you think that will happen again, or do you think the industry's kind of learned its lesson to maybe be a bit more pragmatic with hires? I think. What do I think about that? It's funny. She, honestly, human nature would tell me we will repeat the same cycle. I remember speaking mm. to my non-exec director when kind of um, uh, covid hit and we sort of said oh we're going to stop all of our incentives and we're going to you know we, we do all the things we were going to stop and then obviously we exploded out the other side and it all came back and we added more into it <laughs> and and now we're going through a process really saying yeah. hey let's watch our costs again so he said to me you know in 1992 um when he was running his company and the recession hit the fds take over and everything stops but then the world picks up and the cro's take over again and the ceos take over again and, and and you start to chase 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 the profit, and that was certainly my experience of two thousand and eight, and the dot com boom. I wasn't privy to that, but it was the same again. So now I think that economic cycles, whilst we've had a really tough hit with um, COVID, and then where we are today, um, now I, I think that things the, the wheels will start turning again, and businesses will start investing, and then generally that you know everyone starts competing and putting their growth plans in play and the process ends up being a you know the VC money starts flowing through and we all we all go again. There are good times ahead. There are good times oh, yeah. ahead. Let's that, definitely try and keep that front and center. It's just definitely and we were talking before we came on air about the summer as well. Like the, the timing right now with what we've experienced and summer tend to be quiet. It's definitely frustrating. But uh, I, I from what I read and, and hear and talk about I, I see the same as you. I, th- I think we'll see the digital market get back on its feet and uh, get back to sort of the growth levels that we saw before. Um, Absolutely, we, 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 the drive towards technology exists. We, um, and, and look, this is this is with the layoffs. There's something else which is really important that gets overlooked. There's still, I don't have a stats to hand, um, but there's still so many more people working in digitally driven technology than there was pre-COVID. Now, Amazon might have laid off X amount of people, but it's not a fraction of how many they hired. Same with Meta. Same with so. Yeah we've still seen exponential growth in terms of job creation and money being spent 
in digital advertising versus pre-2020. So no, the, the industry is an in incredible health. There's some underlying issues um, in the in the in the global economy, but it will remain um, um, a great place to work because there are under, underlying skill set shortages and a drive towards technology within advertising. So no, but the long term outlook is good. It's just one better phrase, a shitty period to get through. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. And I was thinking about this, the kind of process for hiring. How has it changed? In the past five years, I mean, I haven't interviewed in like, yeah. in like literally probably ten years. I started TPA, but has the hiring process changed? Like, in I mean, we hire our process is pretty like slick, slick. And, and pretty succinct. Yeah. But what about companies? Is it changing much? Yes, I think uh, more um, pre-screening and more use of technology. So that's really helpful in terms of things like uh, there's lots of DEI based platforms and questions that, that that help to drive more inclusivity in in the hiring process but but as general rules um, much more involvement with talent acquisition so most organizations talent acquisition um, and um, and tech which usually means things like um, you know CVs and resumes being sent into platforms and um, feedback being conducted through those so I think the use of technology whilst it's designed to streamline, does actually, in reality, add, add more process. Um, and then the longer interview loops have become par for the course. So, so, so I would say, yeah, over the course of the last five to 10 years, uh, hiring processes have become longer and more drawn out with a greater use of technology um, yeah, and, and more process, which is kind of bizarre because technology is supposed to save us all time. Yeah, you think it'd be the other way around, wouldn't you? You think it'd be a speedier process, like less uh, time for feedback via email or something, but maybe, yeah. maybe not. Yeah, no, the, yeah, yeah, no. So I think, but I think, but, but yeah, but, 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 but don't get me wrong, tech saves a huge amount of time from a resourcing point of view, and it, and and the data you can pull and and what you know the analysis you can do of your hiring processes is incredible. But I think it has also slowed down that sense of. Um, just pace that used to come with companies hiring, speak to the decision maker, a couple of interviews decision. I think those, those days are, are largely long gone. But I think it's a superpower for, for SMEs who do, do have that flexibility. So we still see those companies being brilliant at hiring because of because of the lack of um, process. But it's important to say also, you know, uh, running fair processes and running processes that are based on competencies and not just who you know is is, is really important too. Yeah, 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 100% how that has evolved is really important and continues to as well. Um, I also think that candidates look for this as well. Now they look at like, well, if you have a button down hiring process, that probably means you're quite buttoned down as a business as opposed to sometimes imagine it'd be a bit shambolic and mean just a bit loose. Yeah, yeah. How do you see that from like the, the candidates? Um, like when they're going for roles are they looking for anything different than they did say five ten years ago or has it changed absolutely. much? absolutely um flexible working um is huge flexible working just used to be do you offer it now it's what does that look like in terms of hybrid working and then actually working around your own schedule as opposed to just the typical nine to five so flexible working remains incredibly important to people um dei sustainability you know what what companies are really doing to drive uh, and create a better world for us all and a better place, no better, more meaningful um, work in the workplace absolutely matters. Um, and then naturally money still comes into play, but 
today companies have to have um, not just policies but meaningful um to show with meaning how, how, how what flexibility means in their organization and then what yeah how, how they whether it's sustainability or, or dei what they're doing to create a you know a, a workplace which which takes responsibility for for the world we live in so that, that, that's yeah on, on on pretty much everyone's agenda what's it what's it really like there i guess it's what used to be called culture but culture is really really yeah. important yeah i think culture has become quite unpacked from yes it used to be well what's the ceo like so now it's like, well, what are the actual policies you have in place and the processes you have to ensure that companies commit to it? So, I mean, when we interview, people ask like, oh, so what do you do from like a, a corporate social responsibility perspective? And we're like, oh, we actually have charity. We actually go to charity days and we give our time up to like the elderly. We've done some time like that. And it's amazing when candidates ask that really, because it shows that they want to buy into the business like culturally not just coming for a job and a salary like it's actually yeah. as particularly as a founder like i'm like this is great that you want to get involved in the things that i think we should be doing and like you can give your input as well not just me tell you what to do that's it, it can be really honest it's yeah cool. it's great it's great um i imagine that some of the people listening to this podcast are probably they're sort of thinking about their next opportunity maybe they were on the market for it what in your experience like what types of things can they be doing to kind of ready themselves for that next role or that next interview so i think it depends what category you fall into and what i mean by that is your current situation so i do think your job search is linked to your current situation if you're in employment and you love it and you love where you work your criteria for a move is going to be really 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 high i think um so I think just giving practical advice to people at the moment who are not in work is probably a good, 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 good place to start. Um, go direct. And what I mean by that is identify companies you want to work for and go and speak to the line managers. There might be um, a talent acquisition function or jobs posted on LinkedIn. I think applying for jobs on LinkedIn is, is, is probably a frustrating route to go down and not the very best one. Whilst you need to do that, you know, identify who... The hiring manager is for the skill set you've got there'll be many maybe multiple of those people in an organization reach out directly very short very succinct overview of who you are and what you're doing what you want including things like open to contract work if you are so i think if you're seeking a job at the moment really use your network and um and 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 go to the source um and naturally be aware of what, what you can be flexible about so some short-term pragmatism it might not be the long-term solution but i'd have some short-term pragmatism um if you if you if you're looking for a job um at the moment depending again on your on, on your situation everyone's situation is different um outside of that when you're changing roles i think everyone's criteria is different but i think it's it, it, I, if i was speaking to um friends about their career i'd always find out what do they love doing what do they thrive in and what are they very what's what are they best at and and really try and search for a role built around those things what do you love doing what are you best at and where where can you bring out where can where we'll bring out the best in that of you because sometimes people might think that's a big company or a small company or it's not necessarily those things it's about identifying what really matters to you and and doing more of it and and having an idea of where you are and where you want to get to very basic but have an idea of where you are have an idea of where you want to get to and attach your decisions to that so yeah just, just basic basic kind of roadmap for your future yeah but i think that's such good advice you know the identify like list out what do you actually enjoy doing 
Like what roles are there that facilitate that? And then who's hiring them? Like where do you yeah. actually find those? Yeah. And, 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 and try to put, you know, find ways to put your best foot forward. Um, I remember my, I remember my second ever job I had in the industry. So I'd done two years as a planner buyer. And there's a company which did planning buying for online gaming clients. I was like, well, I love planning buying, but online gaming was a category I was so interested in, found it fascinating, enjoyed it personally. And I sought out these list of companies. I contacted them, this one company every quarter for a year. I put a reminder yeah. in my diary, I did it. And eventually they hired, they took an interview and hired me. And Incredible. I had a great, great couple of years down. I just think you know, it's not necessarily a numbers game, which I think some people think is like chuck enough out there and something will come back. It's like, I think you can be more deliberate. I think you can identify types of roles you want and you enjoy companies that have them. And if, if you're struggling to find them, you know, reach out to people like Ed at Sphere and his team and they'll probably help facilitate it as well. Yeah, and it's, it's like it's like it's like any good marketing campaign. Relevance really matters. Relevance and frequency. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, this has been such a good conversation, Ed. I really appreciate it. Um, and it's obviously very topical. And I know a lot of people listening will get tons of value from this. But my kind of final question is: you know, the theme of this series has been transformation. There's so mm-hmm. much is changing because of the economy we're in, the ways that people are working. Kind of in the next eighteen months, like, what's the one way you think? hiring is going to change i genuinely think that the themes that will be consistent companies will have a focus on their edi policies companies will have a focus on their sustainability policies um so that means the part i'm just wearing this my sphere hat on so you know the, the partners that businesses work with um will have to you know really shape up well in those in those areas the use of tech will get bigger so companies will use more tech for direct sourcing to identify people. But I'm not too concerned about the tech use in terms of what that really means, because actually there's a certain amount of candidates in any candidate pool and the tech just helps recruiters and companies get to those people faster. But then we all arrive at the same people faster. So it's kind of the same as it was when it was yeah, a bowl of X yeah. 50 yeah, years ago. Mean. So whether it's job boards or LinkedIn, all these things make things easier in principle, but everyone ends up in the same place, speaking to the same people again and again and again. So I actually think that the um, the, the, the what will happen over the course of the next six to 12 months is a rebalancing to a market where actually it remains a job-rich candidate short market. And I think what that means for candidates is that um, – there'll be more roles again, which is good news. And they'll be in high demand, which is great news. And I think what that means for companies who are hiring is they're going to have to continue to do that um, brilliantly to, to land the best people. Um, so much like last year, the pendulum really swung um, in a client's favor. Um, I think we'll see that rebalancing over the course of the next 12 months. And when it does, um, the onus will be on the organi- on organizations to make sure they're a very attractive place to work. Right. Well, good news for the candidates, hopefully. And also good news for businesses, right? You want to attract, you want to differentiate, attract good talent and get, get them to come to you. So definitely positive times. I feel more positive than I started there. So this is this has been good. This is really good. good. Some Monday motivation. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Ed. I really appreciate you coming on the ad pod. Cheers, Wayne. Pleasure as always.